Thank you, Jesus, for allowing us to be here today. Amen. Aren't you glad that it's the Lord who fights your battles? Hallelujah. Can you think of something you had to go through? And aren't you glad that Jesus went through it with you, that he was that fourth man in the fire? Amen. Let's give the Lord another hand clap. I think he's worthy. Amen. Fight our battles, dear God. Hallelujah. Some things we're just not meant to do on our own. I found when it gets too hard for us, guess what? It's just right for God. Amen. I'd like to take you to Exodus chapter 14, starting with verse 13, that well exemplifies what we're we're singing about, what we're talking about here, God fighting our battles. Moses answered the people. He said, do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. You will never see it again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. That's all God asks us to do. To be still and know that he is God. Amen. Amen. Let God be God. And every man a liar. Let us go to the Lord in prayer, brothers and sisters. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to tell you today how thankful we are that we're yours and and you are ours. You're Abba, Father, our dear, wonderful Daddy in Heaven. Heavenly Father, we ask today that you bless each and every person that is here today, gathered together, who has entered into your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise because they just couldn't stay home. Or if they're home, they could not not turn it on the internet or the TV. They had to have you in their life this morning. They had to be in the presence of the personified Lord. Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you will hear our prayers. Hear our praise, dear God. Hear the worship that we set upward to you, our homage. For you alone are worthy, O God. Hence is why we gather together as a congregation. And Lord, we know that you hear our cry. You hear our prayers. And you said that we should not forsake this assembly of the brethren. You honor us as we honor you, dear God. And we're so thankful that you have done that for us. Lord, cover us with your holy protection today. Cover us with your loving kindness and your tender mercy as you will cover us with a blanket. Shower us, dear God, with your blessings. For the blessings of the Lord still make it rich. 
and add up no sorrow. We ask that you would bless us indeed. You know, Lord, where it's needed. You know our needs more than we do. Bless us, dear God. Heal those who need to be healed. Comfort those who have lost loved ones recently, dear God. Soothe their heart. Let the bomb of Gilead pour from heaven upon them, dear God. And help bring them through whatever sorrow they may be experiencing at this time. We love you, Lord. We need you. Bless this service. Without your presence, it's not going to work. We need you. Pastor Roger needs you when he brings the word. Bless our elders, our, our staff members. We ask to God you bless the pastors of the church. Bless our, especially our elderly and our children and the little babies and their mother. Bless them, dear God. And a special blessing for Ukraine and all oppressed people around the world. This we humbly ask in the mightiest of all names, the wonderful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen. And you may be seated. God bless you. Hey, everyone. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. Sports is a great opportunity to build community and be active. CTC has a men's softball team that is getting ready for another season. You must be 15 or older, and we ask that you attend a minimum of three services per month, virtually or in person. Practices will begin in April and games begin the week of May 9th and they play two times each week. If you're interested in getting involved, contact Jason Van Allen at cstonesoftball at gmail.com or 302-545-9742. You can also visit our website. On Friday, April 15th, we will have our crosswalk at the Bear Campus, which will begin at 5 p.m. It will follow a two-mile course to the Mansion Farm neighborhood and conclude back at the church. Then at 7 p.m., we will present a night of worship. It will be an opportunity to spend time in the presence of God, worshiping with music, testimonies, and stories of hope and encouragement. This will be a great evening of worship, so invite someone to come with you. On Saturday, May 7, from 9 a.m. till 3.30 p.m., we will once again be a host site for Wesley Covenant Association Simulcast. The day will include excellent speakers with powerful messages for us as we consider things that are down the road for our denomination as well as our church. Admission is free and you can sign up by visiting our website and going to the events page. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. Good morning. It's so good to see you today. I just have a question. You don't have to raise your hands, but I'll know by how you react. Are you happy that you're redeemed and set free? Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God for you. And Pastor Roger told you that he's taking a 300-mile bike run, and I decided to help. I'm going to walk Pastor Roger and Tim to their bikes. <laughs> it's 
getting cold. We're, our, 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 uh, our training schedule is getting interrupted this week because Ooh, of the cold, cold weather. So yeah. Yeah. we need a little more work. Yeah. I know. I know. We're so glad you're here this morning because there's no better place to be than in worship. And if you're in the room, we're just super excited. And if you're joining us online, we're glad that you're here. If this is your first time here, as you leave this room and go to your left, there is a welcome center. A member of our pastoral staff will be there to greet you, and that's the pastoral care staff will be there to greet you. And Pastor Vaughn's team will reach out to you during this week. If you're new and you're online, please click the New Here tab, submit the information, and Pastor Vaughn will make sure that a member of his team reaches out to you. At your table, or if you're seated in a chair, you'll find a card that says Welcome on the front and Connect on the back. If you're online, there is a Connect tab online. Please let us know who you are and who's with you. But most importantly, on the Connect card, please list your prayer concerns or praise reports. We'll meet throughout the week to pray for you, confidentially, of course, but we will intercede in prayer on your behalf. And we also have an offering envelope. Yep, there's an offering envelope on your uh, table. And uh, we do three things here at Christ the Cornerstone we love, we serve, and we engage. And the offering envelope is one of the ways we, we both serve and we also engage. And it just reminds us that we want to Glad you're here this morning. Uh, let's continue to worship God as as we as we sing, and I invite you to stand uh, together with me as I offer this prayer. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for giving yourself to us, for forgiving us. And as we come and as we worship you. 
We ask you, God, to come and be present with us this morning. Fill us with your presence. Help us hear your word this morning. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I say we learned you a new song. We taught you a new song. We started teaching a new song last week about the journey that we are on. And we are not where we are going to end up. But God has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And today we can rejoice and take a minute to take a look at where we're standing now.
rejoice in the Lord today that we are free, free from the laws of sin and death, free from our choices that we've made in the past, free from anything that would come against us. We have been made free by the free gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Today, in this place, whether you're standing in this room or whether you're watching us online, either now or sometime down the road, maybe you're struggling with something and you know, you know, you know that God can do anything. But you just don't believe He can do it for you. You've seen Him do it for other people, and that's fine. You've seen Him do it in His Word, and that's fine. But you don't understand. My situation is just too difficult for God. No, it's not. We stand today on the chain-breaking, miracle-making, powerful name of Jesus. That name that is above every name. And if today you need those mountains moved, God is asking us to trust Him. Debbie's going to come and lead a song called Believe For It. Believe 
Press into him tomorrow. Press into him next week and next month and next year. He's always there. He's always listening. And he will always, always, always have your back. In Jesus' name. Amen. For those of us that need to hear that again in our spirits, I want us to sing that chorus one more time, two more times, however many times it takes for us to feel the Lord as we press in, as Debbie was talking about, to that presence that's already here. Can we just sing the words to that chorus again? Move the immovable. Let's sing together. promises on ourselves because you have promised to do it for us not just for other people that promise is for me so Lord today I believe for those mountains in my life that need to be moved for those chains that need to be broken for those things that need to be gone from my life I believe for it today and I believe By the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus that I will see a miracle. And I pray that for all of us in this room today. I'm going to invite Rebecca Simpson to join me on the platform this morning. Rebecca is going to be leading our kids ministry today. As we, uh, after this prayer, as we play the bumper, those of you that have uh, children that are going to kids church, uh, you can go with Rebecca. And um, then Pastor Roger will come and bring the message today. Let's pray. Father, we want to honor you, Lord, because you are able to do more than we could ask or imagine. So, Lord, today we pray that you would continue to move among us and do those things that need to be done in our lives and in our spirits. Lord, break chains, break bondages, free us, set us free today. We pray for Rebecca and the 
kids ministry team today, Lord, that your anointing would rest on them as they minister to our children. We pray for Pastor Roger as he comes and brings the message today, that you would open up your word and speak to our hearts directly, that we might hear you and we might respond. It's in the name of Jesus we pray and everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. service this morning singing a song titled, The Battle Belongs. And these are some of the words, and I know that when we're singing songs in worship, sometimes the words come and go, and we're not sure if it's a new song, we're focused either on the words, or we're focused on the music, and that happens in in every tradition, and and I remember being a little kid when, when I was in a traditional church and singing the hymns, and Here's a new hymn that we sang, and I don't know, what, what is this about, whatever. So let's take a moment and hear the lyrics that we sang of this song, The Battle Belongs. It's the, the, the first phrase was, when all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is the mountain, you see a mountain moved. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. Answer this question. In, the, in those lyrics, who is the you that we're speaking to? God. Absolutely. When all we see is the battle, God sees our victory. When all we see is the mountain, God sees the mountain moved. As we walk through the shadows, His love surrounds us. And there's nothing to fear now. Why? Because we are safe with God. And then the the chorus went, So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees. With my hands lifted high, O God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. O God, the battle belongs to you. That is such an important truth for us to live by. It frees us. It strengthens us. It builds us up. We need to trust it and walk in it. Here's the big idea for the message today. And I always try to boil my sermons down to one sentence so that you can remember it. And this is that sentence. If you want to win, you must first learn to lose. Say that with me. If you want to win, you must first learn to lose. Here's another way to put it. If you want victory, you must first surrender. 
Say that with me. If you want victory, you must first surrender. Now there's some of us saying that doesn't make any sense. And go say that to the world today. And they'll say, you're, you're crazy, you're nuts. But let's think about that idea and let's break it down. If you want victory, I said, if you want victory, I believe that God wants victory for every one of us. Do you? Is God for you? God didn't create all that exists just to let it be and fall into nothing. There's a purpose. There is a plan. Not just for all that's here, but for you specifically. God has a purpose and a plan. You matter. You matter. And God is for us. If you want to win. What do you mean if? (laughs) God created me to win. God created me to succeed. God created me to enjoy life. God created me to be uh, successful. God created me to, to be a blessing to others. None of us exists on our own for ourselves. We're here for a purpose for others. We're here to give glory to God. And God created all of us just because God is love. And love is expressive. And, and, and love expresses itself. And you are to express the love that God has for us to other people. And you have a purpose. If you want victory, and you are created for victory. That's the, that's the bottom line. That's our starting point. God desires victory for us. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, we read this passage and it speaks to the victory. It speaks to the success. It speaks to what God wants to create in us and what, that God is on our side. Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 5 Begins this way, but now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, and if you don't know, the word Jacob and the word Israel refer to the people of God. And the word Jacob and the word Israel is the same person. And so Jacob's name got changed to Israel. So, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid. For I have ransomed you. To ransom means to buy back. To ransom means that I had something, but I lost it, and I'm going to get it back. God created you to be in relationship with Him. And God lost you. That's what sin does. Sin separates us. And we all walked away from God. And God is the one who came and grabbed us back, reaches for us. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price. That's the ransom that God gave for you. He says, do not be afraid because I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You belong. You matter. Thank you. Every one of us does. 
This is a this is a foundation of our lives. You matter. And then he says in verse 2, that was just verse 1. Man, we're just getting started. When you go through deep waters, not if you go through deep waters, when, Lord knows you're going to go through deep waters in life. We all go through deep waters in life. You didn't get an email from me this week because I didn't have time to get it out. But I, was, I started it, I just ran out of time. And, one of the, and I was looking at this idea, when you go through deep waters, and I was remembering when I was on a farm, and I had to, I had to gather the feed for the cows one day. And it was the springtime. No, it wasn't. I don't know what time of season it was. It was a rainy day. <laughs> and, we had to, and, and I had to go out into the field and get fresh food for the cows. So I had this, I don't know how many tons of tractor that was towing a, a chopper that, was, that, that weighed I don't know how many tons. And it, it, it gathered all the corn and it chopped it up and then it spit it into the wagon that was being hauled behind the chopper. So I had a tractor connected to a chopper connected to a wagon. And I was filling it with this stuff. And I'm going through the field and there's a wet spot in the dirt, in the field of corn. And my tractor started bogging down in that mud. And I said, uh-oh. <laughs> You're in trouble. And everything got bogged up. I mean, I can't go forward, and I've got three wagons behind me. And if you've ever, if you have difficulty backing up a car, try backing up a, a, a vehicle that's attached to another vehicle that's got two wheels, and then behind that is another vehicle that's got four wheels on it, and the front wheels on that one are the steering wheels. It's nearly impossible to back these things up in a straight line. And I'm supposed to get this thing out of the mud. And the more I spun my tires, the more it sunk down. It was just digging holes for the tractor. So this tractor just gets sunk down into this thing. And my dad's in the barn and he's still milking the cows and I'm supposed to feed them and we're supposed to get to church that day. Everything's supposed to move right. And it didn't. None of it did. When you go through deep waters, you're going to go through deep waters. We had to get the caterpillar out to get that tractor out, to get that chopper out, to get that wagon out. And then I still had to feed the stupid cows. <laughs> you're going to go through deep waters. Listen to verse 2. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. I will be with you. I'm going to get dirty with you. you ever climb out of a tractor that's stuck in the mud? You're going to get dirty. You ever try to hook a chain to a tractor that's stuck in the mud? You're going to get dirty. God is with us, and God is willing to get dirty with us. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up, but you will be oppressed. We don't want to hear that these days. 
But but we're going to be oppressed. But God is with us. We will not die. The flames will not consume you. They might hurt. But you're going to heal because God created us to heal. And He is the healing salve. He is the balm of Gilead who brings the healing to us. So he says in verse 3, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. I am your Savior. And I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours. Because, why, you are precious to me. You are honored, and I love you. Do not be afraid, because I am with you. I will gather you and your children from the east to the west. Is God for us or against us? God is for us. Are we going to experience difficulties? Yes. Hold on tight. Don't let go. And God is holding on for you. In order to experience that kind of victory, we've got to surrender. We've got to let go. We've got to trust in God. You know, I hate... Go back to my farm analogy. I felt so absolutely inadequate on the farm as a teenager. And I knew that my father wanted me to succeed. And I knew that my father needed me to help him on the farm. But almost every task I did, I failed at. It was miserable. (laughs) I made stupid decisions. I didn't have the wisdom that my father had. I didn't have the mechanical abilities that my father had. I didn't have the knowledge how to weld things or how to put a screw in without cracking the wood. And I kept failing at these things. And all I wanted to do was get off the farm. (laughs) But there I was. And I hated getting out of that tractor knowing and, and, and walking through that mud across the field back into the barn, into the barn where Dad was milking the cows and said, Dad, I got the tractor stuck. I had to surrender to the defeat in order to get the help. And there's one greater in our life who is here to help. But in order to get the help, we've got to Admit our defeat. We've got to learn to surrender if we want the victory that God has for us. Let's learn from the prophet, from Joshua. Joshua was the man that God had chosen to lead the Israelites after Moses died. So, we get to the point of Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt, out of their enslavement, and they come into the wilderness, they cross through the Red Sea miraculously, and they're wandering for 40 years in the wilderness. And everyone, every man who was of military age died 
in the wilderness. The Bible says that. And so it's an entirely new group of people that gets to enter into the promised land. None of of the men who were military age, who left Egypt, walked into the promised land. They had to have hope to send their children walking for 40 years. And God chose Joshua to be their leader. We're going to read in the beginning of the book of Joshua, chapter 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. Joshua was Moses' assistant. And God said to him, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River and into the land I am giving them. And I promise you what I promised to to Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, You know where this land is if you know your geography. It's where the battle is is raging even today. No one, he says, will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Why? For I will be with you. Whenever you see those words, I, I will be with you. Five words. I had to do that with my hands to make sure I wasn't... Counting wrong. I'm such a mathematician. I will be word. I will be with you. Hold on to those words. Hear them as a command. Hear them as a promise. Hear them them as hopefulness. Hear them as, as God speaking directly to you. I will be with you. Trust it. Just as I was with Moses, I will not fail you nor abandon you. Verse 6. Be strong and courageous because you... Notice how, how I replaced the word for with the word because. Because the word because is a more powerful word. And these three little letters for, they mean because... One thing causes another. Be strong and courageous. Why? Because God is with you. God's presence with you causes you to be fearless and courageous. But God's, but if you won't put yourself in the presence of God, you're going to be fearful and cowardly. With God... You will be fearless and courageous. Be courageous. Be strong. Because you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Again, he says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. 
Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Is the Lord with you? Are you with the Lord? In that relationship, you will live strong and courageous. In chapter 5 of Joshua, Joshua has, has heard in chapter 1 his, his instructions. And they, they, they move on and they come to the city called Jericho. And they know that they've got to take this city, Jericho. And the city, the people in the city of Jericho have heard about the Israelites coming. How the Lord is with them. And how the Lord has given the people success wherever they have gone. They have conquered the land. And they come to this fortified city, this ancient city of Jericho, this walled city of Jericho, a strong city of Jericho. And it says in chapter 5, verse 13, when Joshua was near the town of Jericho, Joshua looked up. So picture this. We don't know how many people are in this group of people, but it's somewhere between 300,000 and a million people. That's how many, that's how many people left Israel. And then they, 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 they wandered around the wilderness for 40 years. Many of them died. And they still had children. And they were born. Some of them were born just after they came across the, the Red Sea. And that young man or that young woman is now 40 years old. Raise your hand if you're 40. <laughs> Doug, yeah. You're 40 and some, aren't you? <laughs> when Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in hand. And Joshua went up to him and demanded, Are you friend or foe? And the man replied, an interesting reply, I am neither. Who's that? You're standing there with a sword. I'm not a friend, nor am I a foe. Well, what are you? And the man says, I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence and said, I am at your command. So here's the leader that God has chosen being confronted by this man with a sword. He asks, are you friend or foe? The man says, I'm neither. I still don't know what that means. Well, who are you? I am the commander of the Lord. This is one of those places in the Old Testament that we see Jesus showing up. 
We read in the New Testament, especially in the book of John, that Jesus was with God in the beginning. He was there in the beginning. And Jesus shows up even in the Old Testament in, in various places. And this is, and, and he's not named as Jesus, but this is a man sent from God. He is the commander of the Lord's army. We call this a Christophany. It's, a, it's, it's an image of Christ in the Old Testament. And Joshua, being the leader that he is, realizes that he is in the presence of divinity. And what do you do in the presence of divinity? You admit who you are (laughs) and that you are not divine. And you bow down and you worship the divine. This is the position of surrender, this is the position of submission. This is a position of weakness. This is a position of humility. And the leader falls into that position. And he can't succeed until he does. And he says to this man, what do you want me to do? I am your servant. Commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place you are standing is holy. And get this last sentence. And Joshua did as he was told. Have you done as you've been told by God? There's so much in this, so simple. Such simple teaching. But every one of us is guilty of not doing what we've been told to do. And we've got to surrender. Training for God's soldiers requires surrender. I know, I've never gone to boot camp. I, I, I am not a military man. Some of you are. Thank you for your service. You've been through boot camp. What do they do in boot camp? They strip you down so that you know that you're a soldier. Now, I've never experienced that. But the commanders need to know that the soldiers are going to do what the commanders say. Right? It's not going to happen. Unless... Those strong-willed men and women submit themselves to the leadership of someone else. That's life. We all have to submit ourselves to others. So I'm calling this, this is the training that God has for us. I call it prayerful obedience to God and his word. You can write that little sentence down. Prayerful, prayerful. Not careful, <laughs> but it is careful. But it is prayerful obedience to God and his word. Not just to a document, but it's to a person. And that's important. That, that God's Word is, is more than just a document. God's Word is a person. Jesus 
is the Word of God. It's a person. We follow a person, not a book. We follow the person of Jesus. Prayerful obedience to God and His Word. Joshua remains prayerful in all of his actions. And what I mean by that is, as Joshua is marching his his people toward the city of Jericho, he is able to recognize when divinity comes. I think that's a prayerful attitude. there's, There's a spiritual awareness that Joshua always has about himself. And in the New Testament, Paul says to pray constantly. And we all know that we can't be on our knees in our own little prayer closet 24 hours a day and live life. But he says pray constantly. And so we all have to learn how to be in a a, a spirit of prayer, being in an attitude of prayer while we're doing our work. Driving to work, we can pray. Keep your eyes open, please. When you're doing a hard thing, when you're going into a hard, a, a difficult meeting, breathe a prayer before you go in. Breathe a prayer during it. When you have something to say, ask the Lord, Lord, do you want me to say this or do you want me to shut up now? Wow! How much more quickly would meetings go if everybody did that? And they really listened to the Lord. Shut up! <laughs> you want lunch? Shut up! <laughs> you want to get out of this meeting? Keep your mouth shut. And I think Joshua is showing us this, this attitude of prayerful awareness to the surroundings, to what God is doing around him. Jesus showed up. And he was aware enough to know that Jesus is here. I think this prayerful stance, we need to be, we need, we need to train ourselves to be aware of the spiritual things that are happening around us. It requires time. It requires focus. And it requires us to be open to hear and to receive God communicating to us in any way. God created us as spiritual beings. Most everybody knows that. We hear people, even, even non-Christians, oh, I'm not very religious, but I am spiritual. Well, how in the world can they say that, except that they recognize somehow in their life that they are a spiritual being? We know what this is. Training for God's soldiers, God's servants. Prayerful obedience to, his, to God and His Word. Obedience. Joshua cannot experience the victory according to the commander of the Lord's army without obeying. I didn't tell you what what the commander told Joshua to do. Go and read the first five chapters of the book of Joshua in the Bible this afternoon. And you'll find out what his instructions were. And they had the victory over Jericho. And they wouldn't have had the victory if they did not do what God told them to do. And you won't have the victory in your life if you continue to refuse God and refuse to do what God is telling us to do. Obedience is a strategy of surrender. And we will never experience the fullness of God's plan for our lives if we continue to refuse to obey His instructions for living. And we've got to be willing to receive those instructions and hear them. 
Let's go to the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. Chapter 11 in the book of Hebrews, the writer lists a long list of people who have been faithful throughout the history of God and the Israelites. And he lists, and he calls it a great cloud of faithful witnesses. And in chapter 12, he begins with this. Verse 1 of chapter 12 says of Hebrews, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Sin is a barrier to you and your relationship with God. Sin is a barrier to you and the success that God has for you in your life. You can't continue to sin and achieve the things that God wants you to achieve. And believe me, the things that God wants for you to achieve are far greater than the things that you think you can achieve on your own. Trust God. He says, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before this, before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. He makes our faith mature. This word perfect is that word mature. And I, I, I talk about that several times throughout a year as we get to these kinds of words. Because of the joy Awaiting Him, Jesus endured the cross. Jesus disregarded the shame of the cross. He humbled Himself. And now He is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility Jesus endured from the sinful people. And then you won't become weary and give up. Keep going. We're prayerfully obedient to God and His Word. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we read this, this passage. And Paul, Paul uses images that, that are war images in this passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning with verse 1, it says, Now I, Paul, appeal to you with gentleness and kindness of Christ. Though I realize you think I am timid in person and bold only when I write from far away. In other words, he says, I, I know you, you think my, my bark is louder than my bite. <laughs> I'm begging you now so that when I come to you, I don't have to be bold with those who think we act from human motives. We are human. But we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. And they knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. What are God's weapons? His wisdom, His word, prayer, trusting in Him. And they knock down the strongholds of human wisdom. What's happening in Ukraine? We've got things knocking down walls. Paul's using military language to 
tell us what we can do with God in our life. We destroy every proud obstacle. Pride is what keeps us from bending our knee to God. Pride, your pride. Your, your, God gave you sovereignty. God created you. And God says, you, you, you're created like me to have free will. So I give you the, the ability to choose whom you will serve. So make your choice and I will honor it. And God will. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. Your pride keeps you from knowing God. Oh, don't tell me about that man, Jesus. Because I know everything already. We capture. That's another capture. That's a war term. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Take those thoughts that are rebellious against God's Word and capture them. Put them in a dark can and just set them over there. And fill them with God's Word in your life. And after you have become obedient, fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. I know this is a hard teaching. There is discipline. There is punishment. There are consequences to the choices that we make in life. So let's remember this. The battle is the Lord's. We are His servants. We're His soldiers. He created us to have victory in this life. But we can't get it if we allow our pride to cause us to not know God. And we've got to bow down before Him. Recognize who He is. And prayerfully and obediently follow His ways. Where are you in your relationship with God? What's going on in your life? We've sang about mountains. We've sang about rivers. God is for you. Is God with you? Are you with God today? you have something you need to lay down before God this morning? Say, God, I'm tr- I've been trying to do this my way. I don't know how to get through this, God. I'm stuck in the muck and the mire. Bring it to the Lord this morning. Lay it down. Trust in Him. Write it on your prayer card. Ask for prayer if you're online. Come to the platform and kneel here and, and take that position of submission and surrender to God. You may not know what God is going to ask you to do, but open yourself to listen to Him and then commit yourself to do what He tells you to do. Maybe simple, but He desires you to be strong and courageous and not fearful. And He has victory for you. Let's stand together as the team comes back and we sing and we pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is a moment when you are standing before us and maybe some of us see you with a a flashing sword and what we see is conviction and pain and suffering or maybe even destruction. 
Let's ask the question, who are you? Are you for me or against me? And give us the ability to hear you say, neither. I'm the commander of the Lord's army. And Lord, just help us to bow down before you. To lay before your feet our pride, our concerns, and let you fight the battle for us as we take up the work and the instruction that you have for us. Holy Spirit, help us to hear what you're saying to us today so we can prayerfully obey you and follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we invite you to move by your Spirit in this place. We invite you to work in our hearts this morning. Walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall, but you have never failed me yet, waiting for change to come. Knowing the battles won, for you have never failed me yet. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Still in your hands, this is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. I know the
So many of us fight battles on our own. We don't share that information with other people and we don't want to come to you. And Lord, I just, I don't, 
I know that you spoke earlier today, but I just sense that maybe there's somebody that's watching or listening that the word shame is holding them back. You're ashamed of where you've been, ashamed of what you've done, ashamed of the, the predicament that you've gotten yourself into. But God knows and he cares and he loves you. It doesn't matter how you got there. It doesn't matter if you got yourself there. God will fight on your behalf to deliver you, to set you free from the bondage of our own choices. So, Lord, today we pray by your Holy Spirit that you would move in us as we go from this place, living a life of worship every minute of every day, understanding that as we worship you, that you fight. So when we fight, let's fight on our knees. With our hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. We thank you, Lord. As we go today, just encourage us and strengthen us. In the name of Jesus, God bless you. Thank you for worshiping today. I hope you have a great week.